Hello guys, it's the On About Nothing podcast. For those that were asking where the Bullish and the Moderator go to, we're back. I'm sure we may add family budgets, so I don't know what happened to Bullish last week. So, I was not feeling too well. Okay. My voice. If you can, if you can hear yeah, now, sir, you still feel that there's still some raspiness in my voice. <laughs> and I just confess, you kiss somebody. No, no, we don't do that. So raspiness raspiness that Isewu, Isewu was, was, Isewu was rasping. Stop playing, my brother, stop playing. Uh-uh. Mm. Wow, said this thing was rasping his stomach. Um, you guys have heard the voice of Aki is here, Bright is here, Ule is in the background. It's a full house. And I think, as much as it's a full house, it's, it's also a tense house. I know that Aki is a bit worried about the Super Bowl, but that's later. Like, that's like later. The AFCON finals is less than a few hours away. And the good news is that we're all Nigerians, and whether we like it or not. One way or the other, we have eyes on the game. I'm wondering, okay, we need to win to make it our first title, second title in 12 years or thereabouts. At least we haven't won since 2013. I just hope I avoid whatever drama it is that happened to me during the semifinals because the worst part is, have you guys ever been in that situation where you're watching a football game online? I was watching that game online and Bullish knows how my house is. Like, there's a hotel, then there's a bar beside my place. And so those ones are watching the game, DSTV direct. So once someone shouts go, they will shout go for like 30 seconds before me I receive. So my mind said to me, once I heard go the first time, I was like, ah, ah, bless you, we don't score. I saw the whole penalty, okay, we converted the penalty. Then the one that made it worse was the second one. The way the whole goal just went, go, this everywhere went through. I was like, ah, well, then I eventually saw the goal, only for the referee to come back and be like, VR. I was like, ha. And I started hearing all these funny songs, like, ha, ha, ha. Next thing you know, South Africa has equalized. It got to a point where I told myself that I cannot watch penalty this way. Because that penalty shootout, I would have been hearing, ah, mm, 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 and I would see what's happening on my phone until later. I had to close my phone and be like, I can't, my, I can't take this. Like, I really can't face this. It was after the whole thing when I started hearing people bl- um, blame bangers and all those things and making noise. I said, ah, on my blood, I said, we don't win. Let me go and check this thing online only for me to see that ah, we finally won on penalties. And God has saved us from the banter. But this night, I have to find a way to make sure that I'm not in that situation anymore. I don't know about you guys, but um, LMJ, it felt like one way or the other, we didn't predict this team to get to this point, but we, have, we are doing what Greece did in 2004 and we have gotten to the finals. All we need now is half a goal. <laughs> yeah, I think the Greece analogy is uh, very apt in the sense that I wrote this team off from the get-go because of how they performed pre-tournament, the two games they played. They played a bottom, I think, second-level Qatari team and they won 12 nil, only to play their next game against the very low-ranked African team and they lost. So, And when you look at the precedence they had, their qualifiers, they've not been doing well. So it was almost like the whole hope of the nation was on like, you know what, you guys are just going to go there and displace yourself. I was speaking with my cousin, I think, after the second group stage match. And I was like, do you know what? I think this is going to be the best AFCON tournament. And very few Nigerians are watching. And he told me he has not seen any game. And I'm like, you need to start seeing these games. Uh, every match is worth the 90 minutes. And I, I think uh, posterity 
can bear witness that this is a, I think only a few tournaments in world football like has produced this level of drama, this level of intrigue, this level of pure sport um, adrenaline that we've seen from the AFCON to the extent that even foreign audience they've been allotting how wonderful this tournament has been people are people don't even um the final of the asian cup was played yesterday it was not making the rounds on social media uh, it just goes to show how wonderful a tournament can be in africa it's been um done in the right way by the right set of people and hopefully the gods of though i have a very funny contrary opinion that Kodovoa can only be here by divine intervention and since they've gotten here it looks like it's written in the stars that they need to win this tournament so <laughs> i'm very sorry divine intervention, <laughs> divine intervention passes divine intervention as far as i'm sorry as far as i'm concerned um because polish what they, what they've been telling us from the what, what we've been seeing actually during the election was it feels like oh you don't like your country i always criticize your country all this all that nonsense has been debunked now because it's obvious that male female child young adults like the attention has been paid especially during the semi-finals has shown that nigerians we don't really care like it just it just shows that one we love our country and we're proud to be nigerians it's just that our leaders have found a creative way to make sure that once it's time for election they know how to divide us no, I, I think it's it's it's, we, we, it's something we've always talked about in the fact the fact that at the core, at the center, or at the true nature of Nigerians, especially when it comes to things that we we have national interest on, we always like come together for the thing. And it is also clear that Nigerians would not uh, how would I put it, they they would not sugarcoat or just support the team for supporting stake. That what I mean by that is when we had the team. The way the team was playing badly, Nigerians did not rally around the team like that because they wanted more from the team. And when the team was showing effort, it's not even like it's not like they are playing the best or the most attractive or the most spectacular football. But you could just see that the effort on the pitch, starting from the main man, which is the main, is very is commensurate with what Nigerians want from the team. That okay, these guys are playing like they care. They are playing like they they want to win. They are playing with some sort of effort. That is something that I think Nigerians would always root for, would always support. So I think that's the difference. That's the that's the um the difference in what Nigerians are seeing from maybe past tournaments and how you know we've always seen uh, things happen. So that effort, that um fighting for the ball, you know, closing spaces, running, continuous running from everyone on the pitch. That's I think that's something that Nigerians appreciate when someone is showing that they are doing their best. And I think it's the same thing with uh, in terms of. Uh, the government where you feel like it is just clear that the government is not doing their best if nigerians have a sense or a feeling or a kind of notion that okay from what we can observe from what we can see that means you can see the policies you can see the uh actions you can see the laws you can see the um, constructions if nigerians see that there's some sort of direction or policy that okay these people are trying to get things done or they're trying to get things right i think most times nigerians will root for the person but it's when currently it just feels like uh, I told you, wait, let me look on. I even said I should enter. So I did not promise you anything. So anything you use your eyes to see, you accept it like that. So that's the stage you are in. Uh, I think Wally just dropped off for like uh, this moment. Yeah, 
I noticed it too. Let yeah, me, yeah, let me so, Okay, so I think uh, to continue so that we don't just wait around until it comes in. I think Kule, maybe you now you, you can start the uh, final preview. We've talked about how we love Nigeria. We've talked about how the African tournament has been dope. What do you think is going to happen in the final? Who, who are you? I know you can obviously most likely you have your choice who you are rooting for. But what? Do you, how do you see the match um, turning out to be? At this point, it's incredibly hard to call because. Because Africans have offered next to nothing in their match, and they've gotten here somehow. Like I don't understand how they've managed that. I think to an extent, maybe it's because of the personality of the players, like the people the Ales, Kofanas, Oriens, somebody that does like, you know, like I don't know, they're streetwise, and they find a way to just bond them, bond them, bond them the final. And also, given that we're recording this before the final, this probably is likely to come out after the final. I feel like we just go as a mid pressure. Like, yeah, every post congratulations to the. I feel like I will go to the, the right side. Every post congratulations. Robert, if we look here, use it and use whatever it is that you want to do. But honestly, I think mean, the only explanation is that every post name is Bruce Mayton. They have not done anything else. They should have gone now since. Please, group stage now. You can't lose 4 0 to Victoria Guinea and still be in the final. Like, you don't have any right to do. So, um, on, on the Nigerian side, I feel like the type of Nigerian uh, supporting, always looking for the country, especially in times like this, I feel like to an extent, the downside of that is that politicians, these terrible rats, have always used kind of nationalist supporting machine. And you can see last week, when Jerry Shetima was like going to meet the players to do what? Did you contribute here? Why are you here? Like, it's easy for us to, it's easy for them to use this to buy it, because, okay, anyway. This, this is a distraction and Nigeria is doing when they have gone and so on. Um, and sometimes I'm not a fan. This is why I would have been fine if I had gone to the quarterfinals. Then go back and be like, yes, Kiluli, let's come back and start facing water. But this is a healthy distraction anyway. And let's just see what's like. And it's going to be terrible, like incredibly tragic if this distraction is that ruined by this ivory coasting that seems to be running or whatever drug by giving this player. At this point, that's the only. Everybody, so, there's no so, one is for loop. I don't have any. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Let's know who said this, please. <laughs> because, um, Aki, if you agree with Kule's analogy that um, the Avonians are using Otimopo or Jazz or whatever, whichever name you want, is, you want to call it to win, uh, you want to use it to win Afcon and Drogba use this for Chelsea in the Champions League. You should have won on the Champions League he competed in now. Uh, but that's I mean... the thing, if I won, if I won just one, if I won everything, it would be suspicious. Five minutes in the Champions League, a little low. Like it is, so, 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 you're, so you're saying he this so that I won't catch him on time. Yes, now. <laughs> this is no longer sports analysis. This is now too much for analysis. <laughs> the, coach, the coach was even the Matthew. Like, the coach was the Matthew. They had one shot, one shot target in two legs in Barcelona. And the coach, like, there's no way now. <laughs> <laughs> What's happening here? Bullish, what do you think? Because Barcelona came up. 
Nah, nah. See, <laughs> at this point, with the way I saw the Ivory Coast and the, what's it called? Congo. Yeah, Congo. I'm, like, I'm like, okay. I don't have any dispute. I don't. I can't dispute anything that uh, Ole is saying, especially considering the way they are even playing. Is, though football is football, you get it. You score, you score. You defend, you defend. And tournament football is not always pretty. But at this point, you know they are playing at home. The I, I saw someone complain that all the category two tickets have been bought by the president. So because they, you definitely know that they don't want a station whereby Nigerians will just fill up the place. They'll probably ban Nigerian music today. Maybe the only thing we're hearing is that I don't take I I love it. At this point, at this point, I don't I don't doubt. But I feel like the only thing that is paining me and why I'm not confident in our Nigerian witchcraft is that. All the juju and witchcraft, they don't do anything to us. So that's why I can't say, okay, our witch, witches and wizards to combat Ivory Coast uh, and the drug juju, but we just have to hope that we score first. I think that's that's um, one of the hallmarks of this team. The way we play, how compact we are, if we score first, I there's, think I trust there's no the guarantee. Team. There's no guarantee if we score them first. Go and ask Mali. There's no guarantee if we score them first. No, so I'm sorry. No, but the way, to, the, the way I see the final is if you score first or whoever scores first now end up winning this final. And to all, all, all no, I said no disrespect. All disrespect to Mali. They don't have the defense <laughs> Nigeria. They don't so so I think that's that's the, 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 the beauty or the um the positive part of this squad is that that defensive line and that midfield, especially from defensive midfield down to the defensive line. Has been very solid and compact. They don't allow just any. Even though the South Africans in the first half were so uh, dynamic in their play and mm-hmm. they were creating, they were creating a lot of chances, you could see the adjustment in the second half from the coach. And I was able to like slow down some of the things they were trying to do in the midfield. So the way the defense is set up and the fact that the guy is using the way he's using Oyeka and he brought in Stalin too, and you know you could see the way the defense has been playing. We are not Mali, I'm sorry. Well, this was this is going to drop after the final, so I might be entirely wrong. If you don't chop 4-0 by then, but I don't, <laughs> I don't think we are Mali. I think we will do better than Mali. So, any other things. But at, at this point, I think regardless of the outcome of the final, I think there's anything we cannot agree on. is It's been a great tournament to watch. Officiating has been really good. Use of VAR has been spot on and direct to the point. And like it, drama, crazy goals. Yes, you can say there's no ticket account on the field, but who cares about ticket account when you can score goals from halfway line or dribble past two people and put it in the back of the net or create excitement from a tournament like that. It now begs the question of um totally like what's the next step? for AFCON. I know the car president said that two billion people are watching. Those numbers are unverified yet, but this like this needs to be a stepping stone for African football in terms of making it better. Like how do you build on this to improve Cup Champions League, domestic football for each country? Is that how do you make sure that the subsequent tournaments are more lucr- um, lucrative as well and more exciting to watch? How do, because this is AFCON 2023 playing in 2024. How do you reschedule it? Do you finally tell yourself that tournament needs to be played in the summer and not in January and this is the format and everything and you stick to a particular timeline and you do not move from it. 
I think that's always the question at this point. In 2022, too, like there were a lot of things about around the tournament and development didn't really get us anywhere. Um, I think for the date one, yeah, like for instance, I don't think it's even with like summer anymore at this point because even in general right now, like there was still a lot of ice. For instance, if you move this this summer this year, there's zero. Nobody like like a particular part of your that has been taken already. The problem is that it always feels like a stopgap. Like it feels like African football only gets traction or traction is only pushed out when it's African time, and the development of the game itself is left to each individual country. And it, 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 you wonder what exactly is capped through. What are they? What are they doing? And in 2019, the tournament got a lot of eyes. That was in the summer. In 2022, the tournament got a lot of eyes. That was in the winter. <clears throat> this year again, because it's getting a lot of eyes, and it was in the winter as well. But in those years in between, what has happened? Nothing. Like them, um, they said there were rumors of. Um, in 2020, there was the proposed African Super League. They said it was to have, I don't know, that 32 teams or so. It didn't happen for two years. When it happened, it was, it it was only eight. Like, mm-hmm. you can tell that, okay, this is an organization that's not serious. And it's been how many years? And I feel like in the next half of Mutant 35 or wherever it is, you might have the same conversation again. Like, oh, yes, this half has been very great. How do you move forward from here? And the question is now is that we need to, we need cap to get us to the place where we stop having these conversations. Because I think, like, I think. To, to add to what Kule is saying, I think the problem is still is it's a it's a leadership problem that generally affects the way African countries have progressed over the years. The problem is not isolated. The 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 way African countries with all our resources continues to suffer, the way countries reduce to refuse to develop, the way we have a I, I found out that some, someone told me that they went to Burkina Faso from through Saki uh, Saki in Oyo State. I don't know if you know Saki. Wow. Yes, they went. They went yes. to Burkina Faso, and I and I and I almost started arguing. Then I then I then I said no. Why argue? And I and I went online and I checked my uh, map and I said, oh, actually, there's a border from um or yours that's the southwest side to um there's a place I think Miami that leads to Burkina Faso. I'm like, so we literally have a a a a, a subcontinent that is connected by land, and we cannot travel easily to go and work the final. So, so it's not just it's not an it's not an isolated problem with football. It's a problem of general um, mismanagement of funds. I, I don't know if you if you guys saw this documentary on Netflix, FIFA Uncovered, where they were discussing about, for example, in Trinidad and Tobago, the guy that was given the funds to develop the sport by FIFA, he took the money, he, he did one half stadium, he did one classroom somewhere. And he claimed that that was the project he did. Meanwhile, other countries took that money, they built standardized stadium, they built this, built that, built that, and then they, they could see the effects five years, ten years down the line. And those same kind of funds are being provided to African countries also. So it's not just um, Trinidad and Tobago that had that but corruption. Boris, sorry, sorry, sorry to interrupt you, but the same thing happened in Nigeria last year. Exactly. So, did, you, did you see that statement that they say it bid for $10 million for FIFA? See, so, to, so to nail down and finish my point, the problem is a microcosm of the overall problem of leadership in in africa if we if we if we keep having situations whereby we have leaders who are corrupt 
leaders who have been there for 30 years, no innovation, no foresight, no thinking, no collaboration. What is Africa Union doing? What is ECOWAS doing? There's nothing like that. If you cannot address simple at that level, how do you think they can get it right at you know, the reason why this CAF is looking a bit more organized, a bit more, the guy that is current president of CAF is literally like almost a private uh, investor with uh, so many years of experience building in the private sector. So he's not the traditional public uh, facing servants or public facing facing people that usually handle CAF normally. So that's why there's some sort of breath of fresh air. But even he, by the time he tries to do anything that is institutionally is going to institutionally correct some of the problems we have. It's going to face a lot of obstacles because uh, people there will be roadblocks. There will be roadblocks. Um, let me just. I don't know if you have anything to say regarding how to make the most out of it because there are people that will tell you that this Afcon sweet pass yourself. Yeah, I think I think um, Bullish has rounded it up with the fact that uh, it boils down to administrative governance of of African football generally. Can you get like it was when he was just talking about the net finishes, I was just laughing because I watched it and those were the same conclusions I came to. The fact that if money disbursed, imagine when quote and unquote is an allegation when Qatar was trying to buy rights, the money that was given to the African delegations, what did they use it to do? Like absolutely nothing to um, to enrich the general populace except their, themselves. So, so sure you get the point. Like talking about, when you look at uh, when you look at our borders, for example, in Cote d'Ivoire, people from a particular town in Nigeria make close to twenty percent of immigrants in Cote d'Ivoire just from Ejigo alone. Like twenty percent of the immigrants in Cote d'Ivoire are from Ejigo in Osho State. Like they built they built. Um, network connection, transportation connection, logistics connection that connects Côte d'Ivoire as far as Côte d'Ivoire is to Nigeria, to the core of Nigeria. So we, we have infrastructures already that can, that, can, that can help our football develop. But what are we using them to do? Like, are, are, we, are we really utilizing these logistics? Are we really utilizing these infrastructures? No. The answer is just basically no. Because as clear as rightly pointed out, after this, what next? So we just let the euphoria of having a very great tournament die and not develop our sport. There are a few countries that are trying. South Africa is making a very valiant effort. They don't have the talent. That is just that is just the fact. We are very sorry for every South African that is listening. But if if we can have like five countries like South Africa, we have Morocco that is also taking valiant effort. To develop their football but we also need that calf input we need that collective input the, i'm very sorry to say this i don't like the super league in europe for a very particular reason it is the cultural reason that's the only reason why i don't like it but if you look at american sports that is what makes this sport grow look at the super bowl that is going to happen later today like that is like the moment you can enhance um um your marketing from this spot tv rights salary cap whatever whatever every other administrative tools that you can use i think the idea of the super league is more useful for the african league if we can have something like that our tourism will increase our gdp will increase like 
it would help the continent on a very large scale. Um, it's not about nothing podcast, so we're allowed to do our topics, debate, and everything. The reason why I'm not, I was not a fan of the Super African League that the initial plan and the eventual eight teams still was. I, I had a feeling what happened was going to happen because the plan was, oh, let's build two teams, then let's do it. It was sponsored by FIFA and they passed the money down to the CAF presidents and the DV board. It, it all messed up and eventually did eight teams. What I expected at that point is we have a CAF Champions League tournament, we have a CAF Confederations Cup tournament where, let's face it, logistics in terms of travel and everything is very difficult for some teams or for most teams to even show up in this tournament. The TV rights, the way it's negotiated, is ludicrous. There's a period that they gave the entire TV rights to Orange, the Dutch company, and this one's paid stipends for it for like six or eight, for eight years or so. So the money coming into coming back to those clubs was small and ineffective. If you want to invest in African football, I don't think creating an African Super League or whatever it is is the solution. You want to invest in African football, fine. Invest in the CAF um, Champions League and um calf confederations cup increase the number of participants increase the take home increase the pots for the teams that are going in making sure that okay you participate in it you are guaranteed a certain amount of money travel and logistics are taken care of and all those things whereby then the money seeps down then investing in uefa there's something called uefa youth league whereby under 18 for every club that qualifies for um champions league gets to play if your team qualifies your club your youth team is automatically in the uefa youth league whereby you see young players coming in and it has created a pipeline for teams to see young talents. That is going to go a massive, massive way again for um, African football. Because how many African teams, other than the ones in South Africa, can boast of having a youth team? The sporting logos are trying to build it, yes, but they are, they are, they are, they are miles away. Aim back and deceive themselves all they want, but they don't have it. So those are the kind of things that can be invested into, whereby you can invest in that kind of structure. The South Africans have it, like Element rightly mentioned. But it should not be a thing whereby oh, one country has it, the other countries don't. Those are the kind of things that I believe should be put into place to make sure that, okay, there's constant, like, there's a efforts, a visible effort into growing African football, not just in terms of it. Because whether we like it or not, now, majority of the players that we see at the African tournament are players that have, they were, that, that, that lived abroad at some point. Maybe they were born abroad, they couldn't play for the national team abroad, they will have to call them back or something. There's talent in Africa, in everyone, we all know it. If we have that structure, you ever youth league and stuff like that, blah, blah, blah. The, the, the amount of talent drain would reduce, whereby you know that, yes, you have enough players for each country to be more competitive. And suddenly, Africa can go to the World Stage and say, oh, we want more teams in the World Cup because we have done well in the World Cup. That's just the way I say it anyway. Um, okay, I think I lost Aki. Aki, are you with us? I think I was I was the one thinking I lost you guys because when you when my name yeah. don't come up I had to switch off and come back. Okay, anyway, I was going to ask you now that we I know you have the general tension of the Afcon final already as the Nigerian, whether you are Nigerian or not, you have that tension. Then you have the Super Bowl to worry about later again this night. And you're looking at the 49ers like, oh god, don't let me boost our keeper take my homes for me. Yeah, I don't think I don't think any of those things are going to happen directly. For the Super Bowl to start with, I feel like it's just going to be one of those finals whereby, yeah, it's not going to be a large scoring uh, game, but probably it's going to be a game whereby the Chiefs are just going to figure it out. They just have a way of figuring out. Maybe I don't know the coach and the read and the fact that he calls good plays and also the factor that uh, Patrick Mahomes is one of the best quarterback of of his generation. Yeah. 
it's like the ever if not this generation the ever so those two factors are, are, are a key in, in on, on this on this actual this topic that's number one and Brock Purdy is not going to like he's just going to do what he, he does best he's just, he's just going to like I mean play the game like like I don't know I'm, I'm, I'm actually mindful of his presence as a quarterback so I don't really know if he's what Brock Purdy the kind of Brock Purdy we're going to be expecting today but we know other players in the team are going to show up for 49ers and yeah, it's going to be a great game. Uh, I don't see it as a large growing game really, but I'm expecting it to be very fun. And for the AFCON, I mean, it's a good lineup generally when it comes to sports today. I mean, we started with Asna, I mean, giving me that beautiful... Oh, uh, oh, 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 you have to go there. As the fans. The good rule. So the next thing I'll be expecting now is that after Villa beats uh, Man you, you understand? He continues okay. that way. And uh, Afcon. Sorry, eh? Sorry, eh? We are little ones. Sorry. Oh, 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 you're not a Man U fan? Ah, welcome back. Welcome back, welcome back, Brett. Welcome back. So, yeah. so uh, but I don't know. All of his studies. I said today, I said we. <laughs> we have here, bro. We have here. We can go back on this podcast and check, bro. <laughs> but, but yeah, the the only game that scares me, and it's, it's because of the reasons you guys have mentioned earlier on in this uh, what's going this podcast or this episode, is the fact that this Afcon final, this Nigeria. I mean, you have a team that don't that barely don't deserve. They don't even deserve it to one beat. And you know, I'm always worried about those kind of thing because. <laughs> They just come up. They, they're, they're just too lucky. We don't know if the luck will just ride to the final. They even had their coach mid tournament, exactly. and they still got to the finals. It defeats all. It defeats all reasoning, all logical. You understand? Like it doesn't make any sense at all. Like if you do this, if you do this, if you do this permutation all over again, I'm pretty sure it's just going to be one of those those instances where you have just once once out of like one out of ten times and stuff like that. So. I don't know. It's just it's, it's and it's gonna be a beautiful story for them again. Also, if it happens that they win this final, so it's crazy when you think about it. And uh, hopefully, I don't know. Hopefully, Nigeria comes out like uh, the winner of this tournament because I think they 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 played good football to an extent. Maybe it's not so. It's not the most fantastic football because I think I was one of those pe- uh, people on this podcast that said, you know what. I miss the days whereby we had the likes of Okocha and the likes because they gave us entertaining football, but they've not been paying entertaining football. If there's anything, it's been more more like around, around football, but it's been working, it's been getting the result done. So hopefully it extends to the final and then we win the competition. So yeah, so those are like my takes on the, the, the happenings today. Let me put it that way. It's the around football final, but anyway, let me get back to the Super Bowl because Bullish, the 2019 season, the Swabble August happened in 2020 before COVID and stuff like that. It was between the Niners and the Chiefs. And I remember watching that Super Bowl and the Chiefs had the number of the, uh, the Niners had the offensive line, uh, numbers of the offensive line of the Chiefs and they kept going after them and they were leading, the Chiefs were struggling until that third quarter play where and um and read called works and Patrick Mahomes just stayed in there long and Derek Hill changed the game and that was it. They found a way then Jimmy G Obviously, Jimmy G in the sense that Emmanuel Sanders was wide open just at the touchdown line and he completely missed him. Then, at some point, I don't know why Kyle Shanahan decided as soon as they were behind, he decided, okay, you know what, 
I'll stop running. They will start making we'll make Jimmy G the hero. And the I remember Tyron Matthew saying, Oh my god, thank God they stopped running. Because if you watch that game at some point on the bench, the defensive linemen of the Chiefs with were using oxygen. Almost every player on the defense was one oxygen mask for the other because they had run them down to the to the to the ground. But for some reason, when they started training, Kaishana, like we've spoken about on this podcast, his game management went away from him. Is it the case now by Kishana is going to look at it and be like, okay? Do I stick to what I know, but is the Chiefs? Should I overthink it? How do I get to my homes? How do I stop Travis Kelsey? Or should you play and stick oh, the Niners? I don't care. I don't care about any of these questions you don't ask. I don't care. You know why? You know why I don't care? I have my own narrative already in my head. So I'm just waiting to confirm or deny my narrative. And my narrative is that Canyon is an over I uh, semi-genius. And that's that's my narrative. And you can't bet against my own. Those are the two narratives I have. So at this point, all these ones you are analyzing the X and O, the who needs to show up, the who needs to turn up, the defensive line, the offensive line, the whatever. Because in my head, I'm looking at the two teams and I'm thinking, who among the two teams does not deserve to be here? If you are saying, okay, two of them are already here. But if I'm going to ask you, which one of them least Deserve. Yes, they are here, so they deserve to be here. That's not the point. But if I say at all, out of the two of them that are here, who, is, who least deserves to be here? And the simple answer is the Niners. If there was, if the uh, the Green Bay Packer had some sort of uh, experience in the playoffs, because all of them were just young and they kind of moved away from what they were doing that made that was getting them results. If they were, if the Lions had some sort of um, playoff metal and experience and they will say okay this is how we do it in the playoffs they were running the ball and destroying the Niners and then in the second half they ran the ball only, only six times so mm-hmm. at, at, at this point in my head in my thinking in my analogy in what I'm seeing I feel like the Niners are just um are more of a lucky or are more of maybe okay they rely on their experience to get here so at this point I'm I'm, I'm not confident in their abilities to get after Patrick Mahomes because Patrick Mahomes, for some reason, always find a way to stay clean. This guy, how many sacks do they have? Does you can have they sacked him in the playoffs in his career? I think probably maybe three or four total. Except for maybe, and if you go and check, maybe out of the three or four, maybe the Brady Super Bowl where Tampa Bay, mm-hmm. where they are, about three of the offensive line were injured. So you, as much as you want to say yes, they have Chase Young, they have um, what's it called Nick Bosa. Those two guys are the pitchers last the, in the conference championship and in the um, division round where Green Bay was running Amuk and the uh, uh, Lions were running Amuk. If the Lions coach had any sort of sense and he knew that, okay, you cannot say because this is what we have been doing to get here. You are in the conference championship about to go to the Super Bowl. Things change. People get tighter. Mentality, as in everything about that game is not your regular game. So all those ones are saying, eh, yes, he always goes for it. So he has to go for it. No. There are sometimes that you make adjustments according to the current situation. You are leading by two scores. You have a field goal to make it three scores, to make it a bit more difficult. Let them drive down the field. You, you, you gamble, you lose the fourth down. They give them um, easy yards to... So those kind of things. Those are the kind of things that Andy Reid, Pagnola, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Pacheco will not do. Andy Reid will not, will not do get... 100 rushing yards in the first half and only rushed by six, six times in the second half. Andy Reid will, will make sure that we will let, make sure you stop him from that thing that is working. 
So uh, I, 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 I know I'm not. I, I said I was. I don't care. But actually, I, I, I went on this long rant. I'm not saying I don't care. But uh, <laughs> I, I just want to see. If, I just want to see if Chanel is going to just even liberate himself or even show some class or just even uh, show any kind of ability and any kind of uh, balls in this game. That's what I just want to see. I know, I know we're not here last week to probably talk about the um, championship games, but Dan Campbell and the Detroit Lions are the, like Bully said, but the reason why you have the Niners in the Super Bowl, because some of those calls were just, we do the cross. Why are you going for it on fourth and fifth or something like that? I know that you guys, yes. He, he, did, it, he did it twice in the game. It is, because, like, because it worked for you in regular season. You're not trying to play. Well, it's supposed to be on the board. Three, three times, three times, not twice. Three, three times. times. Oh, you might see three as it is. It, so the playoff is a different game. Everybody tells you that, and that's what uh, that, that's what that's nine points. That it should win the nine game. points because of um analytics said you should always go for it. And I'm like, is are, are they swapped and Campbell with um Brandon Staley? Even even the funny part was even the funny part was when you got to the game was you're already trailing by three, you are in the fourth quarter. Things have not been going smoothly for you because Niners in the third quarter came back, you know, got all those points. Yes, some of them were fluke, but the truth is, for you to get to the Super Bowl, a lot of things have to go your way. You have to get fluke um, um, catches. You have to get fluke. see that ball touching the helmet and uh, what's his, what's his name catching the ball, Brandon. Are you? Are you yeah, uh, Brandon, yeah. Yes, it's fluke, but yes, that's the way it works in this in in, in division and conference championship. Fluke things happen to make you get to the Super Bowl. Now you are trailing by three points. You have the opportunity to kick a free goal. There's seven plus minutes or six plus minutes left in the game. Get, and, and you are you are literally just converting on these guys. Kick the free goal, tie the game, let them drive 25 yards, let them drive uh 80 yards. And then if they score, or if they score, if they score a touch score a free goal, you have enough time to come back and try to score. Like, like it does, it didn't just make sense that. He just, he just, he just, and what happens is that you are Brock Purdy, you are behind all throughout the game. Then all of a sudden, the last drive, you are leading by three points. What does that do for a young quarterback? It settles the guy down because he knows that, okay, this drive, the most important thing is to eat the clock. Even if we don't score, like if we can get to field goal range, we'll be up by six. Or if we can get to, uh, if we get to touchdown, all well and good. But if we don't get any of those two and we bleed the clock, we still we are still up ahead. Like those kind of things are the kind of things that eases a quarterback. But when you put the pressure on him, Brock Purdy, you have to score. Then it's a different ball game. It's not free. The, the, that's when you know if it's truly, truly as the stuff we are talking about. See that Jackson when he has to score. Yes, um, Zay Flash fumbled the ball on the end zone. But even he himself threw the ball into triple coverage. Until Lama Jackson even comes to show us that yes, he can do this thing. He, he's also he has not he can't beat the allegations yet. So those are the kind of things that those kind of, kind of decisions that you make, you know that okay. You you can have this opportunity because not every time you have a Green Bay that will not that is just come up and coming. It's not every time that you have an Eagles. Eagles were literally 10 and 1 and they lost six of their last seven. That mm-hmm. is that has, not, that has not happened in more than 60 years. So it's not every time that you have an opportunity where the Eagles will, will fumble the bag like that. Because most of the squad of the Eagles are still there. Jalen Carter will get better. Um, Dolan Davis will get, get, get better. There are so many guys that will get better. They have played their first season. They have, they have played their second year. 
there are so many teams that you know, you are looking around the the Rams, the Rams with Pukanukwa and uh, Cooper Cup and that Kyrie Williams guys with Stafford, they have a squad already. They just need to make sure that their offensive line holds up. And then they, they are on the still living building the defense. They will always be up to par in defense. So the fact that you had the opportunity to get to Super Bowl this year and you you, you use analytics and stupidity to fumble the bag. Uh, I, I, I don't I think I he don't, said this himself. Like he mentioned it that they might not have the chance again anytime soon. So he's a, he's, he said he was going it's going to be tough because that that's that, uh-huh. that the thing. And he was I mean uh, like, right, knows, rightfully so he, he acknowledges that and I don't know. Because <sighs> It, that, I think that would have been a very a, a good chance to be honest. Because um, if, if, if the whole world will have been rooting for them. The whole world will have been rooting for them. It's a success story. First time they've not done it in a long time. As it will have been, it will have been something so so wonderful to experience. But uh, I, 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 that's the end of my rant. Thank you. Analytics, analytics, please. Um, before before we move on from the Super Bowl, I'm just going to go around your room. And get everybody's predictions because it's not too late to go and stake your money. I, I'll just start with Kuli because that's where the money maker is. Whatever he says, we all know what to do. Um, Kuli, Super Bowl, the Niners against the Chiefs. Please drop it, drop it, drop it like it's hot. I'm going for the Chiefs. Okay, ah. I need where to stake my money. Ah, let me just. But this is but, this is but, bad. This is I think Kule, Kule wants to test Mao's greatness. <laughs> he wants to say, okay. Come on, come on, help my jinx. All the most great are the Uyalesi. At this point, I'm not, I'm not rooting for the Chiefs, so I, I'm either going to be happy or right. Like <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't talk, you don't talk for one hour. When they suppose South Africa boy, you better not. Kule, 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 let me stop. Let, let me tell you a bit of history. I think it was it Patrick Mahomes first. Uh, uh, what's called uh, Super Bowl win. The the championship. I think the AFC Championship or something that they won. That one of the fan they 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 they, they covered one of the fan that said, oh, when they were actually uh, trailing the uh, the the guy went to out of annoyance that you know what is done they're never going, going to come back and then they came back and patrick mahomes in the post uh match conference was like oh you know what don't come to the super bowl please don't jinx it for us <laughs> you understand so it could be one of those cases like the guy came and yes they still won the super bowl no, the guy will come <laughs> <laughs> so actually mahomes is a a cause breaker Ah, he's a he's a cost breaker. Oh, that guy, that guy is. Uh, I don't know what he. There's this word, your bad word they call all those. I uh, enjoy Nuni, but what? Yeah, man. Come here, your paro. Yeah, can't let you know. Let me check, please. Where's your money? My money is on the Chiefs, but this one, uh, fully I said Chiefs. Maybe I should go and uh, underdog. We are going only for so maybe I just go for the Niners. At least my my mouth, my heart is telling me Chiefs, but my my one S bet account is telling me forty forty. <laughs> okay, I think I know where I can stand already. I know where everybody stands. So we'll just we'll just take a break from the NFL and we'll come back later. Um I know we're we're still debating oh we should replace Alonso, we should replace Alonso, blah blah blah. I said Alonso we should replace Jogan Club and Liverpool. 
who should not replace um, Jurgen Klopp by Liverpool, blah blah blah. Loso, Nagusman, this guy, that other guy, the guy from there. No, no, no guy. Um, element. Host, I, I think is it only me? I think there's wow. something wrong with the audio. What if they've been they are doing something with host in the network? But I'm here, my look, look. Ah, ocean, ocean, skip. I'm pretty sure he does not know. He does not know that he's breaking. So yeah, he probably does not know. So for the sake of our time, let me just continue from the little I got from him. Um, is I, I think after Bayern Munich game yesterday, the the noise in the room became louder. The fact that Javier uh, Alonso should replace Jürgen Klopp at Liverpool. For me, I think that is still a bad idea for now. I feel like uh, man still needs to get his hand dirty a little bit. He still needs to grind it out a little bit before he makes that big leap. I, for the sake of me, I really don't know why Zinedine is still unemployed. I don't know why. Maybe he's just trying to that is perfect record uh but i see him as somebody that can undo the dynamism that can come in that liverpool dressing room that can exist rather in a liverpool dressing room so for me uh do i really care about liverpool much no i don't i want them to i want them to relegate if that's where if that's where their next destination is wow <laughs> but i feel like <laughs> but, I feel like, but I feel like uh Zidane is a very stable person for that job. Uh Luis Arike is also somebody that can fit in that role perfectly. I just feel sorry. more, so, more sorry, of the Spanish coach. I'm sorry, why why when people are saying we are changing coach and all that, like why you guys keep mentioning this Luis Arike? I don't believe that guy is but no one is no one is mentioning Luis Arike now. He's not even doing anything tangible at PSG with all the resources. So, no, no one a, lot, a lot of no, not even on this podcast. I'm sorry to, to generalize on this. Okay, I'm not even on this podcast. Back. I'm even yes. talking about like, friend, like there, there was a a, a large uh, part of the Arsenal fan base that wasn't happy with Ateta. We're like saying, oh, Lisa Ike would do a better job. Even I am I, I told them the same thing, like. What are uh, you, you, you have? He, he's in PSG for crying out loud, and he's but is he won the treble with Barcelona, no? He won the treble when he had MSN, Xavi, Iniesta, Busquets. See, he, see, there are some, there are some squad, there are some squad you have. I'm not saying that he does not get credit for winning the treble. That's not what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. That's, that, let, let me, let me, refer, let me not um, push it on you. But there are some squad you have that winning the treble almost feel like a right. It feels like a necessity, and the part if 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 you if you did not win the treble, it will have felt like a failure. And this was Messi at Messi. This was Messi when Messi was driving everyone crazy. It was not Messi. It was not Messi America. It was not Messi uh, reservation Messi in PSG training ground Messi in PSG. You know Messi had to use. PSG to do training to prepare for World Cup. <laughs> so it was not that it was not Messi. It was Messi. Serious. 
So I was at, ah, okay, we win everything. So, so I think, not so someone would say, okay, why did I give Pep um, the credit for his um, treble in Barcelona? The difference is that the squad we had when when Enrique won it, and the squad we had when um, uh, Pep won it, Pep literally built that squad. About seven of the players that came that start that started playing that season, Pep won the treble for Barcelona. They were players that just, that were not playing the previous season. They were players that were not were probably not in the squad, squad or not that. But let's forget about um, what's called. Let's not even talk. Let's not go down that I just know that Enrique is a solid manager, but he's not he's not the best external external old manager. He's a motivational manager. If you have if you have the proper squad, he can motivate the guys, get them to up their game, get them to up their level, stuff like that. But if your squad is not exceptional, exceptional, I don't think you can rely on Enrique to set up a team to schematically be better than other teams. So like what we are seeing from Alonso. Alonso's team is not the best, like in terms of squad depth. Mm-hmm. They have a lot, of, mm-hmm. they have a lot of quality players, but the schematics of the team and what I love about Alonso's team is how he uses the right wing and the left wing, left left, left fullback. Yeah. And I keep, I know every time I keep saying it, it looks like I like to hammer on something too much. I know anyone that has listened to me on this podcast will that. Every time I keep saying it, any successful team, and I don't know why most teams are not paying attention to it. And people were saying, ah, why did uh, what's this guy? Um Guardiola spend 50 million on the right back, 50 million on this, 50 million on it. If you don't have the proper left and right wingers, full back, you are going to suffer in modern day football. If you don't have guys that can go forward with force, return back and defend properly, be, join the attack and make sure they are part of defense. If you don't have the proper fullback, you are going to struggle. That's why you see Man United will want Bisaka. What about Bisa Bisani? So you, 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 need, you need to have the right, <laughs> you need to have the right fullback in order to football. And the way I look at it today is special. To round off my uh, my point, but I don't think I look. Okay. I don't think I look. I don't think I look. I look. I look. I look. I look. I look. You should try to see what you can do with that squad. You have a special squad, a young group of squad that are still growing. You have a lot of um, levels to get to. Try to win the league this season, if possible, do a double. That's something that I don't think I don't think they've ever done the double in their life. That's getting to club level status. Try to compete in Europe. You know, see what you can achieve, and then maybe entertain uh, because the pressure of coming to the Premier League, coming to Liverpool. So Liverpool fans, to be honest, Liverpool fans are some of the patient, most patient fans because. Yeah, Baba has won only one league titles in eight years. So, Liverpool fans are not the most um, aggressive fans compared to, say, fans like, of other clubs. So, it might, it might, not, it might have a soft landing in somewhere like uh, Liverpool. But I think as a short stop or as a stop gap for when maybe Alonso is ready or if the Eves then thinks about the job, I think Mourinho will not be a bad idea for Liverpool. Yeah, general. Never the relationship he has with the Liverpool fans, that's impossible. After I, all this, I, 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 and everything. I, I hope Bolish has a strong balls, balls of steel. For what will happen to his club next year? For everything, for all the atrocity he has committed just today alone. <laughs> See, my club will always bounce back. That's why we are the best club in the world. And you, you, you guys, guys are you guys I don't know. You guys don't know where you are going. You don't even know who your next coach will be. 
See, see, as we don't know where our next goes, we don't know where we are going, we don't know where we are coming. We still won league in the last one, we still won one league title last year. When last year, is that what we are telling you? When last your team, your team has people and direction. Your team, without the direction, ambition, culture, and everything, you have not won if they ask you now, if they ask you now, okay, we we you are hopeful that you guys will bounce back. Okay, now who do you think your coach will be? Like, if you have an idea. Who would you want your coach to be for the next like season? The the, uh, overwhelming, the overwhelming uh, conversation has been around Ansi Flick. I don't know if there's any validity to. Uh, I had of I, I had Teag. I had that agreement. Why you trying to fire your manager? See, he's winning. You guys are beating at some I don't understand. Why? So so why are you complaining? Your manager is doing the best. You guys are going to enter Champions League contention. Don't worry. Teag is going to sign a. Tayag is going to sign a five-year extension this summer with the new CEO. So all these ones are trying to sell your coach. I don't understand. You want to fire, you want to just take job from the from a man. You don't want him to feed his family. I don't understand. He's <laughs> such a, such a bad person. You don't want a man to, to enjoy the fruit of his labor. Tayag, go. Angani. See, if they... If, 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 so, let me, let me make it. Let me make it. He's a student of the craft ball. So let me. I hope I've been able to convince you. I'm not to confuse you. If Barcelona should should sign Tenag, I I know me personally. I won't have to go to Camp Nou to go and put bomb in that their new stadium. I know fans will go and do it by themselves. We don't we don't condone violence here, please. Say no to violence, please. Is Wale here, or they, he has gone for another emergency? <laughs> oh God! <laughs> I think Wale has dropped up again. So I think to so that we don't uh, waste and uh, more time. I think we can we can talk about the NBA. You know, NBA is sweet to talk about right now for me. My team is currently six and one. And you know we are leading a resurgence, and uh, we are uh, leading you know a movement to get back into playoff contention. But I'm trying to see. I think the topic. I think I I just want us to talk about who has impressed you the most in the NBA this season, and what do you like from what they are doing. If it's a team, if it's a player, I can just talk about you know who has impressed you the most. I think we will start with Kunle. If there's any particular team or a particular player in the NBA that you're seeing. That you you really like watching what they are doing. You think that what you, you see the significance of what they are doing. You said. I said I, I'm I'm trying to find out who in the NBA this season you've liked watching. Who do you like observing? If it's a team, is a player, what you have, what you've liked about them this season in the NBA? Just tell us. Just discuss. Um, pick anyone, a team, a player that you like watching. This season that you've really enjoyed so far, heading into the All-Star break. I mean, this season I haven't watched that much of the NBA as much as I would like. But I feel like the player that caught my eye, that caught my eye the most, what I've seen, I, honestly, the Luca. I don't, I don't feel like. Do I even need to explain? What yeah, seen, like, <laughs> that is self-explanatory. <laughs> exactly, like basically, I'm like, well enough, I'm still like. It's been more than how many years now. I'm still a huge. I'm still. I, I still love watching the for every season. But 
this year is look like i don't have i don't have i have no no look at this look at that so aki who 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 is who is your guy or who is your team I mean, the team that has been impressive before these uh, Warriors resurgence has to be OKC for me. I don't know. They've been able to, like, uh, I mean, gather together, like, um, cool folks. I mean, the players that, I mean, on a normal day, they won't be able to, like, uh, I don't know. They've been able to gel over time and they are pulling up all the, uh, all the like, results they are getting right now. And if they can just add one of, I mean, if they can have just one, um experienced player added who knows they could actually do something easier what do you mean by do something what what are you what are you predicting or what are you um <laughs> what am i predicting with? i'm predicting ah I, I don't know i want them in the playoff so bad that's number one no and they'll I, get to the playoff i think they're they currently second third, so they'll yeah, get yeah, to the yeah 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 they'll get to the playoff that's what i'm saying and when they get there what so, do you think they can that's that's the thing. Will they get to the? I don't think they will get to uh, the uh, what, what is it Western Conference Championship. It's not possible. Probably they will get to like the the round before that. Who knows? Yeah. So because the team is still inexperienced the way because then again that's 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 like the factor that one would they will be judged by really. Oh, how experienced are they? How do are they playoff materials and all those things like that? Which is a question that is I, I can't answer for now. But they are playing beautiful basketball, that's for sure. And the team seems like they, are, they, they have this togetherness about them, uh, which is quite important when it comes to like uh, some, I mean, championship teams and you know, you know those factors. So yeah, they are playing beautiful basketball. But is that enough uh, for them to go um, maybe well enough into the championship? I don't know yet. So that's left undecided. But yeah, they're they're they're, they're, they're quite impressive. I will give them that. True. Uh, LMJ. Yeah, I, I, I think, LeBron. I think I, no, no, for, funny enough, I think for this season it has been Jalen Bronson. Um, oh, okay, makes sense. Just before this is latest injury, like he's not that guy that you see and you are like, eh, this guy is skillful. Like, for those of us that watch ball, like if you watch ball in depth, you will know that this guy is good, but. Is is more of an hard worker than uh, someone like Kyrie that finds ball easy. Like, it, like it, there's this general consensus that if Kyrie puts more effort into basketball, that would be better than this. But Bronson is not that guy. He's not like he, the the amount of work he has put in this season. Like, I'm surprised that this is even the first injury he's having this season because he has been he has been balling out for the New York Knicks even on days where they are terrible, terrible, and we all can bear witness to how terrible the Knicks can be. But he, he has been a revelation for me because I've always respected his game. His game does not always shine, but this season has been kind of a uh, what would I call it? A revelation season for like. For people to reckon with Jalen Bronson and be like, you know what, this guy knows how to play ball. This guy can coordinate. This guy can actually lead a team. For me, I think every other option we all know, like everybody knows Luca already. Everybody knows the general suspect and the man that dismantled Lakers a couple days ago. Everybody knows all of those guys. But Jalen Bronson has been that guy that is not always in the conversation. But this last few months, he has been playing the kind of basketball that for somebody not so talented in basketball like myself, it's the kind of grit and 
and force and like also um, breaking through that you want to see. Like that's been impressive for me. Okay, so I, I me, I, I was looking at um, what. So because I won't lie, I'm a, I'm a biased person. I don't deny my bias. So the person for me has been Kuminga, and the fact that what is impressive about what Kuminga is doing is that he came out and said, Steve K, you are not playing me enough. I know what I can do. Give me the chance. He came to the press, you know, he did some interviews. And most times, sometimes when you do stuff like that, it can go negatively. But it's 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 very it's very important or very um lovely that we have a coach like Steve K that is almost egoless because maybe because he played with great like Tim Doka, Michael Jordan. So he's almost able to accept any kind of a conversation and you know find a way forward. So for the coach to go from a place of no, I'll only play this particular time, to now go from there to oh, okay, I'll give you the keys. And then to, for coming out to not take those keys and be averaging almost 23, 24 points in the last 14, 15 games is massive because we were lacking that second scorer for Steph Curry. Because what was happening was that Steph Curry put up the points, Clay has been playing stinker, Wiggins have been you know, playing a stinker. So when you now move from that to um um having Kuminga now supplement the scoring and then Draymond coming back it's uh recipe for good things to happen so that's uh uh you know my my most my most impressive guy and Shea Shea Gilgis Alexander has also been so smooth the way he has been playing you can just see that this guy understands um what he wants to do every time on the floor the only thing I have with, I have with him is that he gets so many soft calls and the problem with players like that, which is what affects on like adding in the playoff, is that you get those soft calls, you score 30 points per game in the season, regular season, you are never going to get those kind of calls in the playoffs because the way they call the playoffs is different. So if you get used to those kind of calls, you get to the playoffs and you don't get those calls and you now become frustrated, it can eventually affect your overall outcome and how you play the game in the playoffs. But it will be interesting to see. Uh, what's going to happen now? The, I think we'll, we'll be rounding off soon because uh, Wally is not is not um, joining back. But before we round off, I want us to just discuss two things. So the first thing is Steph Curry is going to play Sabrina in a special three point contest. You know, in the All Star during the All Star games, and it was just you know they said they had the conversation, and Steph Curry said, "Oh, you have the record. I would like to play you." So they are bringing a WNBA player. To the NBA to play Steph Curry. What do you guys think is going to happen in that game? I'm going to start with Elemage uh, uh, first. What do you guys think is going to happen in that game? And what do you think someone like Sabrina coming in and winning Steph Curry in a three-point contest? What do you think it does for? Because currently the New York Liberty fans they are one of the best in the NBA in the WNBA. Their attendance is one of the best because Sabrina is a shoe. So what do you think? What added attention do you think that would do winning some a, a kind of a competition like that? In all fairness, I don't think she can win. I don't think she will win. <laughs> but but, but um, at least it sheds more like on light on the WNBA in the sense that she would make some three pointers that the normal stereotypic NBA fan would not expect, and they will be like, you know what? Okay, maybe I need to see some of her games. Like, does she? Like, they will be like, okay. There will be the conversation of uh, she can't do that under pressure and people that watch the bnb will be like uh shut up she does it under pressure and you get like the viewership would help the wnb i feel like it's a win for the wnb and hopefully it gets very close because that would also help social media 
exposure, the clips, and all of that. So it's it's good for the WNBA generally because I think they need the money more. So Aki, what 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 do you think? No, no, no. I think yeah. Uh, just like uh, Lemme just said, it's it's more like PR for WNBA. If we're being honest, and uh, is and to to have the WNBA feel they're like the the the, the best three pointer uh, shooter in like the league is 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 a good place to start from. I mean, and pair them up, pair pair, pair up with the uh, the greatest uh, three point shooter in the history. So. It's going to be a sensation for the NBA to get that viewership, as uh, Bright said, and it's quite important for like to just bring into the conversation why people need to like you know what start paying attention or start watching uh, the WNBA also. So yeah, it's a win-win situation. It's a win for for WNBA at the end of the day, and I see it's a very, you know these guys they they have a good way they have a good way of painting a certain t- narrative to just give the necessary uh, uh, attention to wherever they feel like something is lacking. So I feel that that's, their, their approach is good. It's good and it's going to be helpful for that league. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, Kuli, do you have any uh, addition? Um, yeah, I think the points that we made are like, valid. And I think no matter what happens in this, in this um, contest, I think the outcome is the end result of the The point is that um, the NBA's greatest triple shooter is okay up against the WNBA's greatest triple shooter. So that in itself, no matter what happens, is a proper publicity win for WNBA. Because, because like, however, the outcome, the conversation at the end of that night is going to be Corey versus the NSU, and that in itself is the win. And then frankly, it even has it's going to have benefit for the NBA itself because it's going to make it's going to provide the NBA as a league that's also interested in the development of the WNBA. So, like, no matter what happens, it's a, it's a win-win for every part. So, uh, I don't know if you have any other additions. I think we have come to the end of the show for today. Uh, yeah, I think we really... you know, I just want to mention that. Um, this whole Dilidine about Liverpool um, Alonso and all. I don't feel like in Liverpool keeps Dilidine. Don't be surprised when by the end of the season, Bayern will get Alonso. Especially given what's happening. The obvious fact that Tukus knows that at the end of the season, no matter what's happening, he's going. Like, even from his behaviors, like, we'll see. Just buy anybody and buy. Like, Liverpool needs to like, make a decision now. Because it's Bayern. Bayern are very good at two players. They don't. That like they are shameless in that regard. So, uh, so Liverpool have to forget about whether too early or not, and just go all out and try to get alone. So if they think he, you know his brain is the one that, that can do it for them for the next decade or so, because yeah. even apart from, from even uh, Bayern, even Madrid, if uh, Ancelotti is thinking if Ancelotti doesn't win the Champions League and, and he's thinking of you know stepping aside. They will probably be knocking on his door because the next player, you know, they, they always like to get people like that in the building. So that's a very valid um, point to the whole conversation. So uh, as we go before and before this podcast uh, will be released, the Super Bowl will have been over. The Afcon final will have also been over. So uh, some of us are rooting for. The same team, some of our opposite teams. 
Well, hopefully, we all, we all come back to... Sorry, come sorry, back sorry, to... sorry. Is there anybody rooting against the Chiefs? Like, legitimately, like... I don't, I don't think... I don't... I think I want Niners to win. But I don't trust them. And I don't... I can't bet against my homes. So, if... The way I'm watching... The way I'm, so, the way I'm watching this um, Super Bowl is more or less like... I can even sleep or set. Because I'm not really interested. If I wake up and say, ah... Uh, Patrick Mahon wants. Oh, yeah, expected. If I wake up, I see, ah, uh, Niners won. Eh, oh, I'll try. So that's the, my mindset going to the game. If the, if the Lions had gotten to this game, if the Green Bay Packers had gotten to this game, if maybe the Ravens had gotten to this big game, then maybe I would have been more interested. But these two opponents, I really don't care about them. Betrayer and Niners. Okay, interesting. So I think we've come to the end of the pod. Thank you guys for joining. Uh, our moderator, just like Unreliable Nepa and uh, Glow, has been going on and off. He will pay fine in the next um, when the next podcast. Uh, ah, Bolly, you are the only one that has the the approval picture of the trivia. Wow. I don't. You guys, I just, I just saw the option today. I decided to add it. I, I think maybe my given. I don't know how the um how it looks when you are picking up the. Recording. You look like you look like a Yoruba demon, actually. That's how it looks. No, the word, the word, the word you mean to use is angel. You mean the, the word you mean to use is angel. I would calabash. I would calabash as an angel. So that's the word you mean. An angel does not calabash. You see, you just showed your, you just shot yourself in the leg. All right, guys. Catch you guys. Right, guys. Uh, <laughs>